0: Hi, everyone. This is Alicia Halliday, and welcome to the November 25th ASF Weekly Science Podcast. Thanks again to Stephen Pressman for allowing us to use his music for the introduction and conclusion of the podcast. I'm going to be giving you a break all next Monday. to Tuesday after Thanksgiving is called Giving Tuesday, and you're going to be barraged with emails, notices, and asks. As part of those asks, I'm putting a plug right now to ask that you consider to support the Autism Science Foundation in your annual giving. Funding ASF helps the production of these podcasts. So this week I'm going to make the podcast extra special by talking about a topic on the minds of almost every person between the ages of 15 and 50. That is pot, weed, marijuana, ganja, reefer. This is especially important for families with autism as the FDA recently approved a drug called Epidiolex which is 100% one component of marijuana called cannabidiol, only for the treatment of seizures in something called Dravet syndrome. This has opened up the door for the treatment of seizures in people with autism. And because of anecdotal reports of the effectiveness of THC in states like California, Oregon, and Colorado, there's interest in studying both CBD and THC for the core symptoms of autism. But it gets more complicated. As I just mentioned, there are two types of marijuana under study. One is the first I mentioned, cannabidiol, which is not psychoactive. The other I just mentioned is THC. It is psychoactive. That's the one that gives you the munchies, that makes you lose track of time, forget what you were saying, gives you a sense of general well-being, gives you the giggles and makes you high. Not that I would know anything about these symptoms. Earlier this year, ASF published a statement about medical marijuana, including both CBD and THC for the treatment of autism. This podcast isn't meant to replace that statement because the position has not changed. There still needs to be caution given that THC is psychoactive and the AAP actually recommends against giving THC or THC-containing products to kids. Also, we thoroughly believe that the better way to understand CBD is through research. There simply has not been enough good clinical research in this area. This is actually stunted by the designation of marijuana as a Schedule I drug with the DEA. It's right up there with heroin, but it's even higher than cocaine. It might have some therapeutic potentials in situations, and regulations need to be eased off. There's also been some more scientific research, however flawed, to add to the scientific evidence around marijuana and autism. And this podcast is meant as an update and an update on new studies in the works that families should be aware of. Since that statement was published, the FDA has actually eased the reins a little bit in studies using cannabidiol. That's the part of the marijuana that doesn't give you high, but has shown to reduce seizures. And I'd love it if people were open to the idea to participate in a CBD study in autism. You can go on to clinicaltrials.gov and check in their area for studies going on. I'm also going to mention at the end of this podcast, a new study that just opened up at the New York University that's recruiting. If people are interested you, and you live within traveling distance to New York City, I'm going to give you a contact information at the end. So I want to share with you this new research, not because I really care if anyone takes CBD or THC, it's really none of my business. I do want to point out right at the outset that most of the studies that used CBD in these studies that I'm going to talk about had been tested for purity. Most of the CBD you get outside states that have legalized it recreationally have no quality control. The amount of actual CBD could be as low as 10% or as high as 90%. It's actually a crapshoot. And forget about THC. Unless you live in states where it's legal recreationally, like California, Oregon, Colorado, or Las Vegas, or you live in a state where it's available medicinally for autism, you really don't know what you're getting in these products. You could just end up smoking shake that you get off the street, and it has absolutely no benefits. That's just a warning. What I'm going to be talking about today are control studies where there actually was quality testing. Without that, you really can't make any comparisons on efficacy. So before the last few months, about the time we wrote the marijuana statement, scientists knew that in the body, we do have anandamide receptors, which respond to marijuana in the brain. There were also links between the cannabinoid pathway in the brain and the oxytocin pathway, at least in animal models. If you'll remember, the oxytocin pathway is really incredibly promising in terms of looking at social bonding and social interaction. They knew it significantly reduced the frequency and intensity of seizures in animal models, that cannabidiol at least, in people with Trevet syndrome. And in states where it's legal for recreational use, doctors are encouraged to be open-minded about why the family is turning to an alternative treatment for autism in the first place. Many families who use CBD for seizures are doing so because no other medication is working or the medication they were using stopped working. But some more sophisticated studies about what CBD does in the brains of people with autism have been done in groups working in the UK. In two separate papers, researchers looked at the effect of single doses of 600 milligrams of CBD on brain function. Now, that's really not that high, to be honest. My preferred brand of CBD is called CBD BioCare, and it claims to have anywhere between 500 to 3,500 milligrams per dose. So if you think about it, 600 is on the little of the low end, but still, you always want it to be a safe, but also effective dose. Not sure giving a walloping 3,500 milligrams was the safe thing to do. They did a double blind crossover study, which means nobody knew what anybody was getting. And it also meant that everybody got the CBD at some point, but some people got placebo first for a period of few weeks, and then they got CBD, others got CBD first, then placebo, but nobody knew what they were getting. They looked at the balance of excitation and inhibition in different brain regions, as well as low frequency fluctuations in brain activity. I should note they were also able to compare people with autism versus people without autism to see if the response in the brain was similar across the two conditions. And it was done just with men. So scientists could look if it affected those with autism the same as it did without autism, given their differences in brain activity to begin with. Right now, you must be thinking, I thought this was supposed to be a fun podcast about pot. This is turning too scientific, but just stick with me. It turns out the effects are, in fact, different in people with autism versus those without autism. So whatever we know about CBD in people without autism is not going to help us in understanding autism. It turns out the cerebellum is important in people with autism. It's found to control memory, learning, and motor function. In one particular study, there were no baseline differences in the low frequency wavelengths between men with and without autism. However, CBD modified it in those with autism and only. It increased the connectivity between the cerebellum and the striatum, but decreased the connectivity between the cerebellum and the frontal cortex. The authors interpret this as fine-tuning different connections, but whether or not that's a good thing has not yet to be seen. This study didn't add any behavioral or cognitive studies done. It really was kind of out of the scope of the study, but hopefully they'll do it in the future. In another phase, the activity of different neurotransmitter systems, specifically neurotransmitters that turn on or turn off brain activity, were examined after just one dose. Again, there was a specific response in people with autism versus out autism. It increased inhibitory neurotransmission, meaning it turned cells off in those without autism, but decreased it or released a chemical to turn those cells on in people with autism. It's important to stress that it had effects both in those with and without autism, just opposite effects. Again, this stresses the need for studies in people with autism. Now for the fun part. Ring, ring, wake up. So some of the neural effects have been better delineated, but what about improvements in behavior? Are there any? Well, here's the thing. Most of the studies that are looked at using autism have used something called cannabinoid-enriched cannabis. In other words, there is a hint of THC in it. The ratio can be anywhere between 75 parts CBD to one part THC or 20 parts CBD to one part THC. So there's obviously way more CBD than THC, but just enough THC to study the potential effects of THC in autism. And another thing, all of these studies were done in Israel and Brazil. Turns out they've been using CBD and THC for more than just the hot minute on a compassionate use basis, and have some data to report. So because these were compassionate use cases, they were not double-blinded, randomized, placebo-controlled trials. They were open-label, and again, compassionate use, meaning these were in kids referred to a clinic because their parents were desperate. They just wanted to help their children. They were receiving no effective help from anywhere else. And so they decided to put them in this study where everyone got THC-CBD compound. This was often the last chance for families. I did wish the studies in the UK added a behavioral component, but they really didn't keep those men on CBD long enough to see anything anyway. In the other studies, like in Israel and Brazil, improvements were reported after months and months of treatment. The longer, the better, like nine months was better than the shorter one month treatment there were improvements in pretty much everything and that makes me a little suspicious this includes adhd behavioral disorders motor deficits communication and social interaction deficits cognitive deficits sleep disorders and seizures they were also described as having infrequent and mild adverse events but i'll get to that in a minute The strongest improvements were for ADHD, sleep disorder, and communication and social interaction deficits. But again, open label, everybody knew what everyone was getting, including the parents. The effects were stronger in those without seizures than with seizures. Those with seizures may have more profound behaviors, but also the sample sizes were small, so I wouldn't get too excited about that difference. When the THC level went up, so did the adverse events like psychosis. About 10% of the people dropped out of the study, but it also seems to reduce problem behaviors and outbursts. They also reported that 80% of the parents reported a significant or moderate improvement in the child in terms of a global assessment. Again, this was open label. They knew what their kids were getting. They were using CBD with THC on a compassionate use basis. These parents were desperate. I'm not saying the CBD does not work, and I'm not saying that does not have a real effect, and I'm not discounting the observations of the families. But before I count on CBD on helping my daughter or definitely CBD with THC on her outbursts, I'm going to wait for more data. On the other hand, CBD without THC really did seem to be well tolerated. The problem, which I believe I've mentioned previously, is because it's not really regulated by now, you can buy CBD with 90% CBD or 10% CBD and who knows what's in it. Again, we need more regulation. We need marijuana to be moved off to schedule one. I keep saying there needs to be more rigorous studies around this, including ones that are randomized, placebo-controlled, and blinded. Well, here's your opportunity to participate if you live within the New York City area. As promised, there's an opportunity in the U.S. to participate in a CBD trial for the treatment of autism symptoms. Not CBD plus THC, just CBD. Pharmaceutical-grade CBD, if you will. It will be blinded and randomized. The PI is Oren Davinsky, who is part of the studies to show that CBD alleviated seizures in Dravet syndrome. He is a well-respected and popular neurologist at NYU and a real expert in developmental disorders. The study is restricted to kids 5 to 18 years old. Everyone will get an autism assessment to verify a diagnosis, and after a period of time on CBD... They'll follow up with measures like the Aberrant Behavior Checklist for Irritability, as well as other measures for repetitive behaviors. They'll measure quality of life and adaptive behaviors. If you live in the New York City area and are you willing and even willing to travel to New York City for an assessment and to participate, which will be about nine visits over four months, please email Latoya King. Her email is l a t o y a dot king, K I N G, at N Y U LANGONE, L A N G O N E dot org. Latoya dot king at N Y U LANGONE dot org. Thank you for listening this week and I ha- hope you have an awesome holiday weekend.